0: to the fifth edition of the Stay Hot Podcast, 10th Region Preview. Tonight, my guest is Bourbon County Colonel Head Coach Lamont Campbell. Coach Campbell and his colonels are coming off a COVID-stricken 4-16 and season, which looking to bounce back after losing his top three leading scorers and Jack Huckabee, Jeremiah Jones, and Parker Estes. And, Coach, before we get into uh, the, the team and so forth, I work with a guy by the name of John Brown, good friend of mine, um, the, bull, co- the, bu- the bull, the bull, the bull, the bull. I've never seen nothing like this. Uh, coach Brown can still get on the court and drop forty. It, uh, a bull in a china shop. Uh, but he was telling me that he sat on the bench in I think o two o three when Henry Clay, led by a young Lamont Campbell, played at Rough <laughs> Arena in the Sweet Sixteen. And uh, he uh, he often talks about Coach Kirk Childs and um, and just what kind of fella coach person he was so I just want to get your you know everything I hear from Coach Brown is just you know a stand-up guy um, yeah. tell me a little, little bit about Coach Childs and how much influence he's had on you not only as a player but now that you're a coach you know Coach Childs was unique and and John Brown the bull
1: as we called him when we were kids that's the nickname they told us he, he was a, a fabulous assistant for us Coach Brown pushed us so hard uh, he was cousins with Daniel Brown so we got to know him really well and he's right um coach Childs was a huge influence coach Childs had a unique way um i think back to the time when i was a player of challenging me during a game and it really wasn't about the other team coach Charles, it could be fourth quarter with three minutes to go and coach Childs would say what's your next six plays five and i'm like i don't know i'm I, well, who, who knows their next six plays with four minutes to go coach well, i'm trying to win this possession and so he would call me over on a free throw and he'd tell me, he'd look at the, score, the, the scoreboard and he would say things like, if we get 62 before they score 56, it doesn't matter what the time is. It doesn't matter what's going on in the game. But if we hit 62 before they get 56, this game is outright in our control. And you don't think about it, but if you look up and say we had 61 and they went on hitting 57, oh, man, like, it's like, oh, God, Coach was right, like. It didn't matter if we had 62 and they had 54, what he said, as long as they didn't get to that number. And it was as a point guard, it made me think way outside the box. My teammates didn't have to think about this. They just had to finish plays. And so Coach Childs had a a crazy way of making me think beyond my peers to win the game. And so it helped me a lot. Uh, It helped me become player of the year. It helped me help lead that team to the state uh, tournament. Uh, unfortunately, we lost in the semifinals. That was back when they played them on the same day, still. So you know, Saturday that, that was, morning,
0: Saturday night.
1: Yeah, we played the ten a.m. game that morning. Uh, it was a fun game against Louisville Ballard. They man, they were so physical. They punished us, uh, and then Chris Lofton goes on in the championship game to hit nine of twelve threes.
0: It's uh, you know, it's crazy that I remember going, of course. Never got the opportunity to play in the Sweet 16. I wasn't that blessed, but I did go as a fan. And being a basketball junkie, I watched a lot of basketball and never really realized how many connections I had to that Sweet 16. And, you know, when I hear Coach Brown talk about it now, I mean, he relives it like it was yesterday. And, you know, just the stories he tells about Coach Childs. And, you know, when you sit there and said, what's your next six plays, my mind started exploding. As a (laughs) coach, I'm thinking – I may have one or two ready to go, but six? You're asking no, a yeah. high school kid to Look,
1: every so he has a coach chow's had a rule. Every free throw, and it didn't matter if it was first quarter or fourth quarter. Every time there was two free throws, the point guard, after we huddle and he called and I call the press, I have to be standing in front of him. And sometimes you come over there and you like, Coach, what do you want to talk about? And he just stared at you. And you like, well, are you gonna tell me like what you want us to do defensively? Are you gonna tell us like are you gonna give me something? And he'd be like, No. So it was this mental chess game. And, and to tell you even more about, you know, our state tournament run, um, after we win the district championship, we're going to Richmond at 11th Region Tournament at EKU. I get on the bus. Coach Childs pulls me off the bus, first game against Wilford County, and I have to ride with him. So I'm thinking as a point guard, okay, great, me and Coach are going to game plan the whole way there. We, he's going to ask me how I'm feeling today. He's going to ask me have I talked to my teammates, what their body language is like. We didn't say a word. We rode to the 11th Region Tournament, the first game, quiet as a mouse. No radio, no air conditioning. He didn't say a word. (laughs) And so we win that game, and we get ready. The next night we play playing Catholic, defending state champions. Well, I get back on the bus. Coach Chas gets on the bus again. Nope, get off. And I'm like, oh, my God, what is this? We get back in the car, and he does the exact same thing. Never says a word in the car ride up to Richmond. Never talks to me. Doesn't ask me, hey, how you feeling today? What you eat? He just didn't talk, and he again he he was just so methodical about how he had you could he would make you think basketball. So he's not talking to me, but I'm thinking about the game the whole way. I'm thinking about it now. So um, my question is, coach,
0: uh, it seems like as a player, that's the kind of coach I would love to play for because it seemed like a player's coach gave you some control. Are you the are you the same way as a coach? Yeah, man. You know,
1: people ask all the time, well, what's your system going to be like? I'm like, I don't know. Whatever my kids are like, you know, if we come in every year and we're trying to do the same thing every year and it doesn't fit those kids, then I'm not being the leader for them. I need them to be the most successful. If they're the most successful, that'll translate to me. Yeah, you know, it, it, That'll trickle down. I'm the last person that needs that. I, I, we've already played. We've already got degrees. We've already tried pros, got cuts, whatever that journey was. So. At this point, I need to make the system. I need to make the offense about them. You know, if anybody's watching a tape on Bourbon County last year, I don't even watch that tape because we don't look the same. Even the kids that were on the team and the new additions that we have, we don't look the same. None of it's the same. And so, um, yeah, I, I, wanna, I want the kids to have the most fun. And part of that is, is catering to them, not necessarily to their
0: personalities, but to their skill. Well, and that's one thing I kind of want to commend you on because I used to say all the time that you know, you know, I remember specifically being in coaching when you know Calipari started the whole dribble drive and you know mm-hmm. the positionless basketball. Well, every coach in the state of Kentucky thought, "Well, <laughs> I'm going to do the dribble drive. I'm going to play positionless basketball." Well, we don't have <laughs> those types of kids, and I remember yeah. saying, "They." I remember somebody saying, "Are you going to do the dribble drive?" And I'm like. Well, first of all, I don't know if the dribble drive best suits the personnel on my team. So, you know, it's good for you to say that. And I think that's the advice I would give to any young coach, you know, find a system that best fits you and your personnel. And, but, um, Talk to me about, you know, Parker, Jack, and Jeremiah. I did get a chance to see you play several times last year via the NFHS network because I'll be honest with you, when I was home with my medical issues, uh, I watched any team I could find. And Pendleton yeah. County being a district opponent, I saw you play Pendleton County at Bourbon County through, you know, I think the live stream is the greatest thing in the world. I can be home, be lazy, and watch yeah. basketball. It's the perfect gig. But um, I, tell me I about
1: – Go ahead. I said, I love the live stream. It's awesome for high school basketball, right?
0: But just tell me about what those three guys, you know, and I know the senior year with COVID and, you know, not even getting a full season, not only that, but the the cancellations, the mental aspect, how it affected each of these guys mentally. But tell me, you know, you know about Jack, Jeremiah, and Parker and what they meant to your program over the years.
1: You know, the, the unique thing about those three is they were here in practices, a part of the really good team we had um, the, the with AJ and Scrapping and all them. So they got to kind of go through the motions and the feeling of, okay, if you're going to be top 10 in the state, this is how you got to practice. This is how you got to play. Uh, and then COVID hit. So you, you graduate 10 seniors. Oh, by the way, COVID hits. You don't get individual time in July. You don't get time together in August, September. Every And that's everybody. Everybody's on a hectic schedule. But graduating 10 seniors and a hectic schedule makes that super difficult. And so when we finally got together, you know, this will actually be – this. and Parker Estes just let me know this, by the way, too. We, we, we can put this in here. This will be my first year coaching a varsity game without Parker Estes on the roster at Bourbon County. Wow. This year, this Saturday, the first scrimmage is the first game at Bourbon County High School with me as head coach without Parker Estes on the varsity roster. He was a four year varsity kid. Jeremiah Jones, an absolute ultimate leader. Uh, but Jeremiah is a quiet kid. He needs to be around you, he needs to spend time with you to be that leader. And we weren't fortunate enough to have that. And then Jack's a the guy that just goes about his business. Like Jack. You don't have to say, Jack, well, make him do that. Jack's like, Nah, coach, I got it. I'm, I'm, I'm going to do mine so he can follow suit. And so um, those three guys not being able to spend the time with their teammates the way that they liked and the way that they were accustomed to having seen before um, really had a huge impact. Uh, they gave their all at night in and night out. Um, we actually just showed this year's team a stat. We lost we, – <laughs> I hate talking about the stat, but we lost 10 games, seven points or less. You know, so we were in those games, even going four and sixteen. Those we could easily have changed that schedule around, um, but it's the way the ball bounced. And and you know, you live and you learn. And those guys never didn't give a maximum effort, and, and we enjoyed you know the time that we had together.
0: And I just remember watching. And didn't didn't Jack go play baseball in college? No.
1: So he, Jack had thought about a, diff, a lot of different things. He actually went on to Mississippi State. He's just doing schoolwork there is doing some schoolwork and he's going to possibly, he actually should be enrolling right now um, at Union to play football uh, come January. Um, That's, that's going to be his option. And Parker, Parker's a preferred walk-on at UK. Um, He just had a a fracture in his foot. So he just had surgery on that. Um, And he'll get back to it here soon.
0: Well, that says a lot about those kids, that they're all furthering their education and, you know, nothing else. It also says a lot of how valuable they were to your program and, uh, um let's move on to um, – before I get to your team this year, the 40th district in my okay. eyes on most – I'd say most seasons. I'm not so sure this year because I feel like, you know, with Montgomery County, I feel like they're a big question mark because I just don't know with the new coach and what everything they lost, yeah. you know, how they're going to respond. We all know what Clark County has and how yeah. good they are. But on a year-to-year basis, the 40th district in my eyes is probably one of the tougher districts in the state of Kentucky. So do you feel that way as well as a coach or do you? Yeah. You know, that was one of the things when I, when I was first uh, trying to get the job, you know, me and
1: Daniel Brown, who again is a mentor to me, coach Henry Clay is a Nicholas County grad. You know, one of the things me and him talked about was, you know, one of the first questions he asked as a coach, not even to deter me, was like, are you ready for the 40th district? And I'm like, yeah, you know, night in, night out, you know, when Paris is Paris, they're really freaking good. When Montgomery's Montgomery, they're really freaking good. So It's a dogfight, and and even this year, with with even with the question marks, and people don't know who we are, and and I'm sure we'll get into that, and you know, so we're we're this four and sixteen team, but we're also the four and sixteen team. Nobody wants to play. Like, who really wants to say, "All right, I'll take bourbon tonight." Uh, That'll be my so. And same thing with Montgomery. Coach Bentley will have them prepared. They'll be ready. Coach Baker, same thing. Paris is gonna play hard. So it, it they're still competitive games. Maybe not as high level as when those those four teams all could possibly be top twenty five every night, um, but uh, man, the the district itself is always going to be a dog fight. It's always going to be a dog fight.
0: I don't know what Coach Bentley will do at Montgomery County Coach, but one of the only few games I ever coached in um, was against Coach Bentley, where I watched his team run an offense for a minute solid off the tip. And ran for a minute straight while we played the best defense of my life. They still get a layup. And I'm like, I looked at my assistant coach and I said, We're in trouble. Um, well,
1: yeah. So, so I've known, I've known, and John may not remember me. I was young when he was Eastern. I used to go up there and watch them play and play in some open gym. So I've known Coach Bentley, known of him for a while. Um, and I know he's, he's super, super well endowed with basketball. Um, and so I know he'll have Montgomery ready. I know people are questioning well, what personnel is it with, with the losses that they got? Well, who are the people? Uh, there's no doubt in my mind that Coach Bentley will have those guys ready to go and ready to rock.
0: And I think that's just what the question marks are for me is, you know, when I coach against them the last few years, the names I coached against aren't on the roster anymore. So, um, yeah. and I you know they're too big of a school. Um, coach Bentley's an excellent coach. Like I said, when I coached against him, I was amazed. I didn't think high school teams could execute at the level they did. As far as the timing, the setting of the screens, just it was amazed. You know, I'm sitting here watching my team, who's really good offensively, just get them yeah. down the floor, and we just kind of play basketball. These guys yeah. are setting backdoor screens, timing cuts. I'm just like. Yeah. Oh. So, and I'm sure he'll bring that same style to Montgomery County. So they're going to be competitive. But, you know, I reached out to you earlier on this year and you you mentioned to me about some guys. And I want to talk to you about not only your, you know, your four new guys you mentioned to me, but also your returning players. And um, anytime you lose your top three scores, it's yeah. tough to replace that. And um, I'm going to start with your key returners. And if, you know, if I forget somebody or I don't mention somebody and you want to, feel free. But when I say Todd Dumford, who is your leading returning scorer, off last year's roster, tell me what Todd does for you that's going to help your team.
1: I think the growth in Todd, the growth to be a point guard. Um, this year's roster is more more well-balanced. As, as I said, we'll, we'll get into each personnel, and, and I think that's benefited Todd a lot. I think as a sophomore, throwing him in the fire, along with Miles Zell who I'm sure you'll mention next, um, both of those guys are two kids that we just threw into a fire as sophomores. Um, scrap they didn't have scrap to be here to lead them to show them how to be that point guard again they didn't have that so they were kind of learning on the fly and 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 I think now they're more settled in the system they're more settled in the coaching they're more settled as point guards and knowing okay here's what we got to do defensively here's where I got to get the ball offensively oh and I can still be able to make my possessions count as well so I think you'll see a much more seasoned Uh, guy and Todd and Miles I think you'll see a much more disciplined um, defensive guard he's so fast he's so quick he's so athletic Um, he's an awesome soccer player and so now you you put that in with no more pressure of okay you're just thrown in the fire and don't know varsity time now he's he's had varsity minutes he's played in 20 games he's played in big games and blowouts and all of this so um, I think both of those guys will start off what we got going having been in the system and having played in so many games.
0: Um, You mentioned Miles Ezel kind of with Todd there. Anything else you want to add about him specifically? Um, No,
1: I I just think – I think what Miles brings, the the change of pace, both of them are super quick guards, but they're quick in different ways. Um, Todd is a a, a quick guard once he has it. Miles is just all out fast every time he runs. And literally every time he runs, he's just all out fast. So – that's unique. And when you're putting the ball in both their hands, you get different things that you can do. You um, the, type, the type of pace that we play with changes, even though they're both fast, it, you know. So I, I'm excited about I, I don't know which one starts on a daily. Um, they've kind of gone at it and they've gone at it. Well, we got a freshman behind them. That's kind of put his nose in the hat as well. Um,
0: so it's been interesting. Those were the only two names I saw on the roster that kind of played a little bit last year, kind of returned, added some scoring. Anybody else returning off last year's roster um, yeah, before so, I mentioned uh, three, the transfers?
1: Three other guys that, that really will will help us that played last year. Layton Starks. Layton Starks was a, a freshman last year. He's about 6'4 and a 6'5 right now. Uh, he is the brother of Amari Faulkner, who played on the other team um layton is is so much improved he's a sophomore super athletic um you, you'll see him do a lot of things at the four spot getting it off the backboard as i said last year as a freshman you, he's the guy you threw in the fire and you say hey man just go be a freshman uh i'm not really upset with anything you do you're just a freshman and i think now he's kind of owned up to that of no nah, no nah, i'm i'm here coach and i'm gonna make the right plays uh kane flynn was a shooter for us uh double zero last year he's switching to 23 now this year Uh, He was a catch-and-fire guy. He is a specialist. You know, we see oftentimes in the NBA, guys are just specialists, 3 and D guys. Well, Kane Flynn is a 3 and D guy if there ever was a high school kid. He is going to shoot threes. He is going to play defense. Anything else in between, and people will probably take my words here and use that as a scout report, but that's him. I mean, I'm not – When they come see us, when they watch it, that's what he's going to do. He's either going to shoot the three or he's going to play D. And then David Green was a kid that we got late in January last year, uh, a strong left-handed kid. Those three guys, along with Todd and Miles, are our main main returners. And not a lot of points, but they played in some games. They played. They got some experience, and they understand what we want to get done as far as pressing, as far as our defensive changes, as far as our offensive tempo. Those five guys understand that.
0: I was a specialist in high school as well, but I was just a three guy. There wasn't no D attached to my name. I was going to say, not the D part. You didn't have to. No, no, I'm not even for sure that was ever even mentioned in part in the same sentence with me. But um, (laughs) it was – and I played against Coach Brown in high school. And it's funny because, you know, my dad recorded every game that I played in on the old VHS. So, I took in the couple I played against, John – and we watched him together on the VHS. And I mean, as as when you say I, bull, that totally described him, but it also kind of describes him as a person like competitive. You know, I try oh, to yeah. argue with him that hey, my team won, I had the better game, and next thing you know, mm-hmm. it's a knockdown drag out. Yeah, you you get you get John Bur- John
1: Brown riled up, you're gonna <laughs> get a whole different person. You definitely and, and, and it's funny that you watch, so you still have those games. So Daniel Brown used to get me out of class as a senior. And make me go into the locker room. And he put a tape in and say, watch this and write down all my mistakes. And I thought he was saying write down my mistakes. Well, I'm watching Nicholas County tape. <laughs> I'm watching a Nicholas County versus Mason tape with Eddie Oakley's the coach and Daniel Brown and John Brown's running around out here. And I'm like, oh, my God, I, I'm a city kid. I don't want to watch no Nicholas County. What am I doing? <laughs> this is miserable. And he'd come back an hour later and say, what would you write down? So. I've seen a few of those Nicholas Kelly tapes with John Brown with Daniel Brown on them. Yeah, yeah. I, I've watched a few of those in my day.
0: I watched Daniel Brown play in high school because Daniel's a little bit older than us and or a little bit older than me. And can, uh, that guy had a clip, man. Hey, he you, could well, you know, out. He
1: bad shoulders down. you know, like I said, he's a, he's a father figure to me. So we talk regularly. He's got two bad shoulders. I tell him all the time because Dan and Daniel Brown shot everything out. <laughs> His arms <laughs> don't work no more. <laughs> That's
0: <laughs> right. All right, is Coach, that- uh, I will mention your four – the four guys you told me that transferred in, and when I mention each name, just tell me, you know, let me get to know these guys because, although, if I'm not mistaken, two are from Henry Clay and two from Paris, correct? One from Henry Clay. Okay. Oh, okay. Well, then you can correct me then. Start out with uh, Dijon. Tell me about him.
1: Dejean Blunt. Uh, man, he's a walking bucket. Um, I think the one thing that DJs had to learn is how to play. Um, DJ – if you check DJ's AAU or his Twitter or anything like that, you're going to see like a lot of points in a lot of ways. Like you see him hitting threes, floaters, runouts, you see DJ scoring the ball. So now it's teaching DJ that, Hey, if you want to be the best player in the gym, it's not just scoring the ball, be the best defender, be the best passer, be the best rebounder, go get that extra play. Uh, And that's something he's, he's soaked up. He's really wanting to be the best version of himself. Uh, And so I think, um, the one person, and we'll revisit this in, in February, uh, that people are going to fall in love with or people are going to open their eyes and be like, well, well where is that? Is DJ Blunt. Um, he comes from an athletic family. His older brother is a, a starting Division I uh, cornerback at EKU. Um, so he's got some athleticism in his family. I mean, he's growing. Uh, he's about 6'2". Um, but like I said, he's a scorer.
0: Well, it's funny you mentioned that when you know he started talking about, him, he said if you check his Twitter and social media. Well, when you sent me the names, the first thing I did was check <laughs> Twitter. You know, and I and I checked him out and I saw these highlights. I'm like, man, this this guy scores in a variety of ways. Exactly what you said. It was impressive to watch. So I know you're getting a player in him, and you know, like I said on my preview, I could see that guy being a top ten player in the region. I was really impressed. Um, yeah, he's.
1: Got- To my eyes, man, he he really is, and he he's up for the challenge. He's up for the freshness, the new challenge, the opportunity, Uh, and he's okay with nobody talking about. He's not a kid that's like they're not mentioning me. They're he's okay with that because he just comes in and goes about his business, and he works to get better.
0: And honestly, I think that's the type of kid you want. I think if they're more worried about who's mentioning their name, that's taken away from the work on their game. And you know, those guys that can internally motivate themselves to get better are the ones who are truly going to get better.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: All right. Tell me about is it Kentarion Downey?
1: Yeah, Kentarion Um Sticks is unique, man. He's a you know, the, the NBA likes to call guys like him. If he was a seven foot guy, he's six, six, a unicorn. Um, he can step out and shoot it. Uh, he does. He does a lot of things at the rim as far as changing shots. Um, And I think the biggest thing with Sticks was just teaching him discipline, not only discipline off the court in the classroom and everything, but teaching him discipline on the court, when to go get plays, when to go get the ball, when to be a rebounder Uh, and and just being aggressive, man. I I think he's someone uh, he's played at Paris the last couple of years. And people saw that he had a circumstance with his family where they had to move and and change things around for him, for his stability. Um, And so, um the biggest thing that we've had to do with him is just love on him man just show him love because of the the unfortunate situation his family had to experience we wanted to show him love and and, and in showing him love we figured out that he's willing to run through a wall he's willing to do whatever it takes to help his team win so it, it, it yeah it's the basketball for sticks but i mean he's six six what all am i teaching on you know <laughs> he's six, six,
0: well i'll know. tell you what six six is something you can't teach i mean yeah. He's
1: long. He knows when to go get it. Like I said, he can hit the trail three. So you know, I, yeah, I can work with him ball hill and everything. But I mean, he's six six. I've never been six six.
0: <laughs> I think I could. I think you could be on my shoulders, coach. We wouldn't be six six. Hey, we be six <laughs> <laughs> um, All right, Cortavian Smith. Is he, is he a Paris guy too? Yeah, he's another one from pra- – now, he's the
1: one that I think everyone uh, – and, and my staff is really, really high on Cortavion now. Here's the unique part. you, No one watching us this year may ever hear Cortavion say a word. He never talks. Other than help, ball, I got it. Like, other than those – and he don't say them loud. It's just loud enough that the guy he's talking to can hear him. He doesn't talk in classes. He doesn't talk in cafeteria. He's just a, a quiet kid. He stays to himself, but he's a lefty, and we know lefties. Lefties in the game are very naturally gifted. He can shoot it. He can handle it. He likes the right-hand floater. He's aggressive. So his personality and game are like oil and water. Like you, 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 They're very different, um, but he speaks with his game. He, he's not going to tell you. He's not a kid that comes, sits in the office, and be like, Coach, today I'm going to go give him 20 he'll never say what he's going to come do. He's going to come and just do it. He's just all about doing it. Um, and I think with his skill, you see he can play one through three. Um, he's about six, one, six, two, um, but he's super long. And so that gives him the ability to play the three because he can guard. I mean, I've watched him block. He probably leads us in block shots right now. And it's not because he's help side. It's, these are on the ball defender blocks where he can just stay attached to you. And he's so long, he may block a jump shot. And so, um, he's the unique one. Uh, we know we're getting out of DJ. DJ's putting the ball in the hole. I know what I'm getting out of sticks. He's thin. He's going to run for Tavion. Hey, listen, it might be tonight. It might be nine. And then tomorrow night, it might be 25. And but that nine may be nine, eight and seven, you know, and then the 25 may just be 25 for that night. He's going to be that type of kid where he's going to be all across the board, but he's going to have those high, high scoring games
0: as well. I'm just sitting here trying to think and I know we didn't get a chance to play Paris last year because of COVID. The two times we were supposed to play through schedule and reschedule, we didn't get a chance to play so I was just trying to sit here and try to remember and I don't for some reason I think I can remember Kentarion Downey a little bit more than I do. And, 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 I just, and
1: that's it's funny because um, when he enrolled and got here, my coach stuffs like do we remember him? I'm like yeah, he started. I remember the kid. I, I, I remember the name. He started. Yeah. He didn't do much on us but Throughout the preseason, the one thing we've noticed is he's probably been the most improved day-to-day from August to now. Um, obviously, as we said, DJ's DJ. De'John Blunt's a the score. But the most improved basketball player who's gained the most and who's improved the most, absolutely, Cortavion Smith. All right, what about Zaylen Green? So, Zaylen, we got a couple of bigs. Um, now we got Zaylen Green and, and another kid that, that I didn't get to mention to you um, that came from Bryan Station, Cedric Poindexter. And they give us that, that girth. They give us that uh, that strength. They're, neither one of them are swinging on the rim and jumping out of the gym or nothing like that. But they're, they're clearing space. They're rim protectors. They're talkers. When I say they're talkers on defense, they're yelling at everybody. Hey, screen's coming up your way. Back screen, they're always talking to their teammates. And so they give us a different type of energy that um, sometimes even Todd and Miles you know they're, they're fast guards but they're, they're they kind of keep, keep to themselves they're not the super vocal guys and so when Zalen and, and, and Cedric Poindexter you you get two kids that are just on the back line of defense and they're talking They're and they have no problem doing the dirty work they're they're okay with going after that rebound and, and just finishing plays they're not guys just coming down and say call my number no they'll just finish this and so um, I think those guys I think um, beyond them, one name I didn't send send you, I got to mention him because I love him so much, As a freshman, Cade Highlander. Um, he's a kid that you will absolutely love. Um, we've actually had to change our offense because what I figured out as a coach is that when Cade rebounds it, he's not passing it to the guard. He's going to bring it himself. So I've had to change some things in transition offense that says, okay, if before, if he's got it, we got to be able to move out of this. And now the point guard can't just be stagnant waiting on him because Cade's not giving it up. He can handle it. Uh, and he's only a freshman. He's only How big freshman. is he? He's about 6'2", six, 6'3". Six, Real thick body. You'll see his chest and his shoulders. Um, he's a, he got his first dunk the other day. It, it was a little rib brazer. so I told him I'm not counting it. He,
0: <laughs> he counts, he counts, if it ain't he clean, counts. we don't count it.
1: Yeah, he counted it himself. So I said, okay, you can have it on your own. But Kate Highlander is a kid that I think he's a super IQ kid. He is a. I don't think we've had anybody work the high and low as good as him and that they have done in in on. I mean, they, they they're a good tandem at that. Um, so you, those those are three guys: Zaylin, Poindexter, and Kate Highlander. That that people are going to really be like, wait a minute, those three guys kind of change things for them.
0: Well, and that's what I'm sitting here thinking. You know, it seems to me like hearing you talk and um, I'm hoping to actually make it over Saturday and I want to talk to you a little bit about Saturday here in a minute too. Yeah. Um, but it seems like you have a lot of versatility. Like if yeah, you want to go... <laughs>
1: um, you, got, you got Todd and Miles, you got the little midgets. We like to call them in practice. Hey, you run fast, you be small, you be a pest. Um, but then DJ and Tavion have the ability at 6'1 and 6'2 to come down and be a one. And Cade has the ability to be a two or three. You still got David Green that can be a two or three. So you have the potential to be big with Layton or Zalen or somebody at the four and the five. And, and so we've got – we've looked at all types of different looks here lately. I mean, if, if you pull one of my kids, that they were on here and said, well, who's the first five, they, every one of them will be like, we don't know. We've literally had a different team in gold, a different team in red every day. So uh, it's been fun. It's been fun to try things, trial and error. How we want to play. This group presses good. This group zones good. This group is long enough to play the one three one. This group. So it, it, it's been a it's been a fun challenge. Um, I am ready to play somebody else, so I can see what it looks like. I we, we film practice, but looking at each other, I'm so tired of looking at each other. I don't even like my assistant coaches right now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know. So would you? I mean would you say the depth is probably a strength I mean do you oh, feel yeah. like you go nine yeah, deep know. every night
1: yeah we're going, we're, we're gonna be nine ten 10 deep every night uh, we still got a I didn't even say a freshman guard Bradley Robinson he'll get some minutes uh, we're gonna be two three deep at every position and I, I understand that other teams a court will be long. Um, because if anybody goes into foul trouble, we got a, we got a couple guys that can play, play extensive minutes. We also got guys that can go balls to the wall for, for three minutes and let's sub and let's keep bodies fresh. So we can do it a, a bunch of different ways. I know preseason rankings came out and we're eight, nine, ten or whatever. And I, I'm OK with that. As I said, you know, I tell our guys all the time. Nobody sits in here and sees you guys. Nobody sees you improve from August to September. So. You know the the irony and all of that is those rankings are done over email. They ask us to send it in. You know it's not a guy that came and said and done that. So it's it's hard to get kids to understand that, coach. They don't think we're gonna be
0: any good, but
1: we know we go. You know it's hard to get a kid to to understand that. But as I told him, you know, you know rankings mean nothing. You gotta get out, and lace it up.
0: And that's kind of what I've always said as a coach, and even now, you know, it's like. um preseason rankings or even rankings throughout the year mean absolutely nothing. The RPI means absolutely nothing that the KHSAA puts out. Um, (laughs) But the thing is, you know, for the media, and I know this as well, it's like those rankings are like clickbait. If if Parents and kids love to hear their name mentioned. They love to hear them talked about. And they (laughs) know if they put out rankings, whether they're 100% accurate or 0% accurate, people go click on them because they want to see their team and they want to see their name. So, yeah,
1: yeah, they, they love and like you, said, like you said, it's a click sometimes. We, I even use it in practice when they get beat. I was like, Well, you know, that's gonna really look good on the other guy's Instagram. I, I tell the kids that sometimes, you know, they like, What's that? Well, you're gonna be on his highlight, his two minute reel got you on it because you don't want to sit him down and stay in a stance and be solid on defense. You don't want to get outside the lane line and take that charge. You're gonna go on their Instagram,
0: and that's a great way to put it because the one things kids understand now are Instagram, TikTok. <laughs> Twitter, any kind of social media, Snapchat. You they know, if you want it. to really touch a kid and you really want to uh, get them to buy in or understand you related to social media and and they're on and it. I do, I you know,
1: I, I I found that to be a very useful way. And if I tell a kid we're taking a charge real, you don't get outside that lane line. He's gonna put you on his uh his TikTok the very next time you can bet that kid's outside that lane line and they'll get up, they'll take the charge and get up like coach.
0: I ain't trying to be on nobody's TikTok. That's <laughs> right. And I'll be honest with you, to them, that that's the end of the world. You know, yeah, if that, I'm on somebody that. else's TikTok because they dunked on me, oh, yeah. man.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, uh, I, I try to tell them that if you play enough basketball, everybody gets dunked on. Everybody gets crossed over if you play enough. But I just, they – nah, Coach, It ain't never going to happen <laughs> to me. Nah. <laughs> so <laughs> –
0: all right, Coach, Saturday on November tw- uh, 13th, and, you know, I will get this um, out. I'll try to get it out before November 13th. But um, okay. we've got the Mingy Beef Jerky uh, preseason jamboree going on at Bourbon County. And from the looks of the schedule, I mean, it looks like not only do you have a mixture of great teams, but it looks to me like you got competitive games. Yeah, yeah.
1: So we, we wanted to create an environment, one, where there's going to be good basketball. But I also wanted to keep it – competitive and I wanted it to make sure, I wanted to make sure, okay, we don't want region teams playing each other. You know, we want to keep the same flow as everyone else, but we want to make these games, you know, even though they're modified in time and quarters and timeouts and there, we want to make it ultra competitive. If this is going to be everyone's first scrimmage, we want everyone to be able to walk away and get their own gauge of their own team. You know, I don't want anyone to come and feel like, well, we wasted that scrimmage, you know, Lafayette and Danville, they're going to get after it with each other. Frankfurt's got a new coach, Brian Station's got a new coach. They're gonna get after it. They're gonna they both teams have got to establish something in themselves. So they gotta see that. And then you get hearing Clayton Campbell. Is that I mean, is that not a well-coached game? Eric Russell, Daniel Brown, two guys that have been with their programs forever and have established programs. Woodford and Cooper. We know woodford has got a couple of new kids. Cooper's well coached. Um, bracket and model, they're gonna get after. I just keep going down the line. <laughs> Coach, do you have these games memorized, or are you looking at the schedule? I know, no, I got, yeah, I've got memorize them memorized. I the time, but I do have them memorized because look, you looking at the schedule. I'm looking
0: at. I'm I'm sitting here and amazed. I'm like, how's Coach Campbell know all these? How's he, I mean, my goodness. I, 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 they're memorized
1: for me because I'm dealing with it every day with setting up food, setting up shirts, and coaches' gifts. So I'm seeing it every day. So it's kind of ingrained in my head now. The times of them, I, I don't, but I, I, I've got the matchups. I got the matchups pretty much in my head.
0: Well, the first five games you mentioned are in order from the start of to the. So the only ones you left out for those, uh, Paris and Berea, Montgomery, Tate's Creek, and I, Bourbon and Lexington Christian will close the night at seven thirty. So I can't, I can't remember if I have the Bourbon, the, the Paris and Montgomery game.
1: Which one's first? Um, Paris. Okay, Paris. So so Paris Berea. Uh, that'll be a good game. Uh, coach Swords, Berea's new coach. Coach Baker's retooling things. Me and him talk very often. That we're, we're childhood friends. Uh, Montgomery, new coach, uh, new program, uh, essentially changing the culture and establishing things. And Taste Creek's Gerard Gay. He was my teammate at Henry Clay. Gerard was on that team with John Brown. John Brown coached Gerard Gay, too, at Taste Creek. So, um, two teams that are really good after it. And, and I think – a lot of what we see in these games is going to make teams play a certain different way against a different type of opponent. Um, well, we don't it, get to play every it's like night. Like you
0: mentioned earlier, every coach feels the same way you do right now. Here it is the beginning of November. You've probably been going at it for a few weeks now. You just want to yep. play against somebody different. The score doesn't matter. You no. know, no matter what the score is or what time is there is a situation in that game that you can yeah. learn from that you can work on situational things. that's going to make you better in the season. And, you know, I was just real impressed with not only the, the caliber of teams, but also I felt like they were perfectly matched,
1: you yeah, know, like Bracken
0: yeah. and model that's two class a schools, Paris yeah. and Fria, two class a schools. And, you know, it's just yeah, yeah. a good matchup there, but I just want to encourage everybody, you know, I know with COVID last year and, Not everybody getting a chance to come out and watch basketball. November 13th at Bourbon County, starting at a – let me make sure – 10.45 a.m. all the way to 7.30 p.m. You can watch some good basketball.
1: Yes, I I encourage everybody to come out. Uh, All we ask is that you wear a mask. It's $5 to get in. with Within that ticket, you can come and go. Bring that ticket back. If you want to watch the 11th, 12 o'clock game, you want to leave and come back, bring that ticket, show it. We want people in the gym. We want to create an environment – that kids can get back to that they feel good about. Okay, I'm playing basketball, and there's some type of normalcy. We're not in a normal world. I don't know. If, I don't know if we'll ever use that word again, and it mean the same. Uh, but we want to try to create that environment. Uh, we appreciate Mingy and everything that they've done for it. Um, we've got some scouting services come. Um, every game's going to be on NFHS. Uh, we got JV games in the middle school. We want to give kids an opportunity to play, not only here at Bourbon. But I'm that type of coach where I love your kids. If your kids call me and say, Coach, you know that coach down there where you call them for me, yes, I have no problem doing that. I'm all about kids. I know how many male influences it took to help me uh, when I was a kid. And so if I can be that for any kid, not necessarily just playing for me, yeah, I'm going to spend the hours with the guys that's with me, but the ones that's not with me, if I can shake their hand and and make their day as well and, and try to get them something beyond um, their hometown, then, then I'm willing to help.
0: And and that's good stuff, Coach, because I think we need more people like that. I just remember, I don't know how many times the last couple of years, I got co- co- or calls from college coaches about yeah. kids in the region, and I tried to promote them all. If I felt I like for- a kid had a chance to play college basketball, yeah. I'm dropping the name. I mean, um, I'm all about 10th Region. I'm all about our student-athletes, and, Um, So that's good for you to say, and and I'm sure a lot of people out there appreciate that. But uh, before we go, Coach, I do want to talk to you about your schedule. Um, I'm looking through here, and it's tough. I mean, you've put together a tough schedule, and um, kudos to you. (laughs) And I I know you're a fairly large school coach. You're 2A, and you play in the 2A championship. But my gosh, Coach. What was I thinking? Did I? I mean, you go go with the first five. Go ahead and run the first
1: five games off.
0: Go ahead. I mean, first of all, Knox Central. If I'm not mistaken, did they win their region last year? They've been to the state tournament two out of the last three years down there, coach. I watched Javante Turner play all summer with my boy Justin Becker, and that kid's a baller. Keep going. What's the next game? (laughs) At Bracken County, coach. That's not easy. At Mason County. <laughs> then you, you got, got the, the rival, then you got the rivalry town shootout with Paris. If oh, I, I listen, Woodford County, who I saw play last year in the Gateway Classic of Montgomery County, those boys ball. And I'm and telling just, you, I they, feel they, like, they, Coach, they, wait a second here. I got well, hold on a minute. I'm gonna roll here. <laughs> then you go to Harrison County, who I feel like. On any given night, can beat any team in the 10th.
1: I totally agree with that. I totally agree with that. Yes, sir. <laughs> yes. That's the um, first six games, Coach. That's the first six games. Uh, we wanted to. We wanted to challenge our guys. We wanted to figure out early who we were, what we were. Um, those are those are teams with with guys that I'm familiar with. Um, Knox Central, Bracken, Mason, all their coaches. Um, I, I've got good rapport with them. Uh, the world coach team. So I, I I felt like win or lose, we can gain something from that. Um, even if it's me still in a play for Mason, maybe maybe Knox Central has got a zone set that I didn't know that it would work for us and it didn't quite work well for them. So I felt like they were well coached teams. Um, and again, challenges, man, challenges, challenges early.
0: Well, and I was gonna say, and you know, I was you know, that uh, the schedule was tough, and I didn't even mention the fact you played Clark County twice, yeah, I played Montgomery County twice. I mean, then I look on here and see Shelby County, Franklin County, Bryan Station, Madison Got Central, you. Madison. So I mean, holy moly, I, you're talking about making your head explode. Um, but you know, <laughs> but there are such things, and we know as coaches, and so many coaches I don't think see the big picture. They want to schedule yeah. 20 wins. You know, yeah. there's a difference in getting 20 wins that don't require any kind of uh, challenge than to – I'd rather win 10 games and get better as the season goes along as Absolutely. the schedule 20 wins.
1: I, you know, I figured out as a coach, you know, when we when – we, my second year when we went 20-10 uh, and 10, and we went to the region tournament lost to Mason County, I didn't get a pay raise uh, after 20 wins. <laughs> and then the next year we get that team and they win 24 games. We go 24-6. and six. And I didn't get a pay raise again. Well, we just went up in wins, so so I, it's really not about the wins. But what we've managed to maintain is the character of kids. We managed to maintain their development. And so, um, when you look at a schedule like this, we want them to be developed come March, end uh, of February. We want them developed, um, and we'll take the wins when they come. We'll take the losses when they come. We'll lace them up and get ready for the next day.
0: You know, and you know as well as I do, there you know there are such things as good losses. Um, yeah. You know, anytime you know, like I said, and um, uh, you, <laughs> I, and I understand. Uh, you look at that, coach, coach. Listen, you're coming off a four and sixteen season, Coach. And that's the schedule we took. <laughs> Your first ten games should be wins.
1: <laughs> nah 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 man our first 10 games we want to be we want to build basketball characters so we, we we gotta we gotta challenge them we gotta we gotta really really figure out and uh you know i think and it's crazy when you look at those teams sometimes i ask them why do they want to play a 416 16 team maybe they want to play somebody challenging so i hope that we've earned the respect of other coaches to say hey we know that Bourbon was four and 16 last year, but they're going to be a challenge. They're going to be a tough They're 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 going to be, they're going to play hard. They're going to get, get after us. And it's not going to be easy, easy night. So I hope that we've earned that. Maybe that's part of the reason these teams have agreed to play us. Um, But yeah, I mean, like you, you go all the way down the line. I I just now looked at it myself. We end the season with Madison Southern Central and Belfry's our last three games and Montgomery. So Uh, it's front end, it's back end, it's the middle, it's 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 everything. Um, Mason twice, Harrison County potentially twice, Montgomery twice, uh, GRC twice, Paris twice. Uh, So I mean, but
0: but you know as well as I do, Coach. Though, if you want to make that run in March, and you want to have your team ready in March, you've got you've got to play a challenging schedule. Yes. Yes.
1: You got, you got to make it. I mean, there's no easy way around this thing. Um, haven't been a player, haven't been a coach now and, and been in region region tournaments. Um, there is no easy way. There's no blueprint, man. This thing is, it's a, it's a fight. Um, it's a fight to the end. It's a fight from the beginning in December to, to March and, and you take a punch, you, you deliver a punch, you get knocked
0: down, try not to stay down. So. Right. And I think, uh, I think of all people, I think your players are going to appreciate the fact you've put this together. Because if one thing, they're going to get better as the season goes along because there are no easy nights. They don't have a chance to relax. They don't have a chance to take a night off or take even a few possessions off. Against some of these teams, you take a few possessions off, you're probably down 12, 15 points. Yeah,
1: yeah. And we know that. I mean, imagine playing Ryle. I mean, come on, man. We know what Coach is going to do. We know he's coming in, and they're going to be – Northern Kentucky-style, well-coached, everything. So, yeah, uh, I think the kids will appreciate it in the long run. Uh, competitive games is always what kids are looking for. and Nobody wants to play in blowouts uh, every day. So uh, I'm looking forward to it.
0: All right, Coach, one last thing. It is the uh, start of college basketball season. Um, it's kind of like Christmas here for me because <laughs> I remember the days when they did the 24-hour – basketball marathon i'd always take my personal day so i could watch all 24 hours and yeah yeah uh, I remember.
1: yeah uh
0: but i gotta i gotta know uh duke and kentucky nine thirty. um this game is this podcast is going to come out once the game's over so your prediction here is going to be set in stone and people are going to know what your prediction is i need to know who wins and by how many
1: Oh, man. Oh, Lord. Now, I, I'll say this. I don't have a favorite team in any sport, college, basketball, or pros. I do have what? favorite coach. Yeah. I, I I got a little man syndrome. I feel like me, you, and five of our friends go beat Kentucky. We probably won't, but I feel like that in my head. Right. So. right. Yeah. <laughs> I understand I'm gonna say, that. I'm going to say Duke um, by seven, at least by seven, only because Coach K's last a rock. I just think the 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 emotion that they play with on this stage in this game and this type, um, I think it supersedes uh, some of the X's and O's. Um, and, and then in, in watching UK, UK is going to be great in March. Um, I think they're still a, a trial and error away right now, figuring out pieces and puzzles and, and what unit plays well together.
0: Um, so I, I that's kind of how I feel too. And I'm a big blue fan. I. I'm all thing Kentucky. I don't care if they're playing rifle, go catch, yes. you know. And, and, but I just – I feel right now after watching the two scrimmages Kentucky played, I didn't feel like yeah. they were dominant in either one. They were much right. more athletically gifted and talented, but yet the score showed differently. I think they're start yeah. still learning to play together. Still learning how hard they need to play to compete at that level. And I just think right now Duke's a better team. I think Duke will have the best player on the floor in Paolo Banchero. So, um, I'm going to root for Kentucky. I'm going to maybe take a nap for a couple hours after I get off here with you so I can make sure I stay up. I'm getting old. But uh, I also think Duke will probably win, but that's not going to keep me from rooting on the cats, you know. But no,
1: Definitely,
0: definitely. <laughs> Coach, uh, once again, thank you for taking time out of your day. I know you got a family to take care of. But yes, I appreciate sir. you taking your time to come on here with me. And best of luck this year, and I can't wait to watch you play. I appreciate you. Anytime, Coach. You let me know. I'll be here. Well, I'll see you on Sunday at Media Day then. All right. I'll see you, Coach. See you, <laughs> Thank you. That was Bourbon County Coach Lamont Campbell. Coach Campbell and his Colonels are looking to improve on last year's 4-16 and record. If you're looking for good basketball, go over to Bourbon County on Saturday. Action starts in the Mingy Beef Jerky Preseason Jamboree at 10.45 with Lafayette facing Danville. You will see other 10th Region teams in action. At 1.15, Campbell County versus Henry Clay. At 3.45, Bracken County will take on Model. At 5 o'clock, Paris will take on Berea. 6.15, Montgomery County versus Tate's Creek. And in the nightcap, host Bourbon County will take on Lexington Christian. Stay tuned. And stay hot!